Hello and welcome to this episode of the View from the Lab podcast. I'm your host, Andy Woods. Today we continue our early career teacher series with new teacher Vicky Hilditch. For this recording, I caught up with Vicky just before May half term 2022. Vicky was busy as always with the external exams in full swing and summer fast approaching. I found out what she's been up to and how she's been feeling as she moves towards the end of the school year. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back, Vicky, to the View from the Lab podcast. Hi, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm recording this, well, we're recording this. Uh, it's just before the May half term, so coming up towards the, uh, the Jubilee weekend. And I guess for you, um, it seems like you're kind of, I know there's quite a few weeks left to the, the proper summer holidays, but are you feeling you've kind of uh, gone through the majority of the year and you can kind of see the end of the year in sight, as it were? Yeah, definitely. I think as soon as it hit summer term, I was like, already? <laughs> so it's definitely gone really, really fast. I can't believe that there's only one more half term after this. After this, it's quite uh, it's quite amazing, isn't it? Although, um, from experience, that, that last half term does seem <laughs> quite long as well. Um, but I guess your kind of school's gearing up or you're just, I guess there's been some exams already. Uh, obviously, the science exams will be happening very soon. Um, how are things in terms of your students at your school, are they feeling confident and a bit, bit anxious? Is it a bit of a mix? What, what, What's the uh, overall feeling at the moment? Yeah, it's definitely a mix. Um, they had their first biology exam last Tuesday and I did like a briefing with them beforehand. So eight o'clock, they all came to me. I sort of settled them and they were all very nervous. Um, and then next, so after they finished their exam, they went straight on to second lesson. And a lot of them, even though they were on my floor, came up to the top floor to give me a quick thumbs up, which I was like, good, good, first one done. And they all seemed to be okay. So I think that settled them a little bit, knowing that the first science one's out the way. And then the next one is this Friday and it's chemistry. So we'll see how they feel. Okay. And um, did your school, I know in some schools that um, I've worked in in the past, they kind of do some, uh, what I call exam breakfast, I suppose. I don't know, is that something you do in your school? Some kind of like um, like a meeting place for students if it's a morning exam? Is that something you do in your school? Yeah, so if they've got a nine o'clock exam, they can come to their uh, teacher that they've got for that exam. Uh, so say it's English, they'll go to English for eight o'clock. Uh, so like they came to me uh, for eight o'clock to, for biology and I just go through like the basics on that paper. So just make sure that they're like, those basics are nailed down, just kind of, ease them a little bit like give them nice quick easy questions to build the confidence before they go in okay so they kind of sounds like they're um they're in a positive frame of mind and yeah. um they kind of you've prepared them as, as as well as you can did you have any um easter kind of revision sessions at the school or were they kind of left to you know um have more independent revision yeah i did like um revision sessions for the first two papers that they're going to be sitting this half term and then we've got a session next week as well to focus on the other four exams they've got Okay, and for your GCSE students, do they have any kind of official study leave or are they kind of in school until um, their last exam, really, where you are? Yeah, they're in school until their last exam, so they're in throughout, so they've always got revision with them, and then uh, we've also got booklets and things and exam questions for them to practice, so as long as they're in your lesson and they're studying, we're, that's the sort of route we're taking, so at least they're like still in school, they're still in contact with you rather than being on their own on study leave. Yeah, okay, so that, for that extra support. I was wondering, because obviously you're coming towards the end of your, um, for want of a better word, kind of the for, first kind of official kind of uh, 
year of teaching. How have you found it in terms of your observations? How many times have you been observed this year? Has it been quite a few, I guess, or is it what's the kind of um, number per term you tend to get seen this year? It's twice per term, once every half term, and it alternates between my professional mentor and my personal mentor. So like my personal mentor, who's subject specific for me, did my first one. Then my professional mentor, who's an English teacher, did my second one, and they've alternated. I've only had five to date, so not very many at all, <laughs> compared to the one a week that we used to have. Yeah, okay, so not, not too overwhelming, that's good. So you feel like you've um, not been... I guess, you know, you've obviously been, they've been uh, keeping an eye on you, but not kind of overly scrutinised and, and, and not finding it too difficult. Okay, that's really good. Sounds like you're in a, a good supportive school there. Um, so in terms of uh, administration, have, have you, I know um, when you first took courses, there's a portfolio of evidence. Is anything kind of physically you've had to be, be writing up this year? Or is it just the observations that they've been looking at and kind of responding to those observations? Uh, there's no extra kind of paperwork this year for you to do, is there or is there? There was a little bit, so they were following the uh, early career framework, the ECF, and then every week uh, it's set on the government website and you just follow, you read through the material once a week and it's like some questions at the bottom. So I just have to like make a note of my answers to those questions. And then in my weekly meeting with my personal mentor, we just go through those answers. Okay. And um, how does that carry on for the next year? Do you still have some kind of official kind of documents you have to fill in or is there a specific kind of uh, number, well, again, like this year, is there a specific number observations you've got doing in the, in the second year or is that kind of fall away next year for you it's the same again so now it's a two-year program instead of a one year um it's the exact same again next year uh, it's just in the summer term the second half of the summer term there isn't anything in that so like this time next year i'll have done all my observations and i'll have done all those weeks learning on the early career framework okay so it's kind of a so it's a good point to get to this this time next year's bit kind of you can almost um kind of relax a little bit when you get to, get, get to that part of the year. And is it's is this programme, are you going to be carrying on where you are based at the moment? Are you moving schools? Are you, are you here for, if you're at your current place for another year? Yeah, I'm staying in my uh, place for another year, yeah. Okay, so that's good. So some kind of uh, continuity, that would be helpful early on, on in your career. And how are, um, how are things changing in terms of your science department? I know science departments tend to be, or can be quite fluid sometimes. You have people coming and going. Uh, is there any movement in your department um, for, for for next year that you know about or is anything um, changing? Are you getting some new people in? Uh, how are things looking in terms of staffing for you in your department? Uh, no one's leaving, which is nice. So I don't need to like worry about anyone else going. Um, but our our boss or like the head of department is coming back from maternity. So I haven't actually worked with her yet because she went on maternity uh, about July last year. So I haven't worked with her. She did my interview and things. So she was coming back, but it should hopefully spread our workload out a bit. So the, because uh, we're a growing school, the yeah. lower year groups, there's a lot more of those in the higher year groups. So when she comes back, they're just splitting the classes into smaller sizes. So we should have like less people in the class uh, to just try and ease off because those classes at the bottom are getting very full. There's like 32, 33 students in them. So it's going to ease it off a little bit. Okay, yes, yeah, so that's a lot of um, a lot of students in a science lab. It's always a challenge, especially um, you know when you throw practicals into the mix. It makes it very difficult in terms of uh, in movement. Although obviously science labs tend to be bigger, they're still obviously uh, when you've got thirty two children in the class, that must be uh, that must be challenging. And I guess um, you're probably thinking about. I know we're still a few weeks off now, but thinking about timetables next year. And I know I've spoken to you before, and you said that you've had quite a range of. Uh, different year groups and different um, attainment groups within within the year this year. Um, 
Are there any kind of kind of expectations for next year about what you prefer to have? Are you kind of getting inkling about do you like the uh, in a sense the um, the older kids or are you happy with the, the the younger kids, kind of key stage three kids? Would you like that that mix across the board? Is there anything um, if you had your perfect timetable, what, what might it look like? I think if you, well at the start of the year, I definitely would have said like year seven, year eight are my favourites. But now I'd say year ten are probably my favourites. I just seem to gel with them a bit more. They're on the same sort of lines as me they just work for me now we've got a good routine built up and I think that's been built up nicely so I'm liking my year 10s and I'm taking them on to year 11 which I'm quite pleased with so at least I've got some classes that I know I'm taking forward uh, I know my year 7s 8s 9s I'm not got them next year so they're all being split amongst other teachers uh, but again I've got some top sets some bottom sets so I think it's good to have that variation though because it's sort of it's not like the same thing again and again and again yeah it keeps you fresh so those year 10s you've got are you teaching them just one of the sciences, so like biology, for example, or are you are you taking them through with, with across the board? Well, I suppose there might be a triple class, of course, as in there might be a separate science class. So that those year tens, um, what are you moving on to in year eleven with them? How how's that going to work? I've got one uh, class that's mixed foundation and higher that I've got for biology, and then a bottom set year ten class that I've currently got for biology, but I'm taking them on for physics instead. So I'm doing a swap. Okay, and how, how's your physics? Do you enjoy doing the physics? I know physics teachers tend to be thin on the ground in secondary schools, um, from my experience in schools, but um, how do you feel about physics? Is it something you, you don't mind doing or, you know, you find it a bit challenging? I really like the physics. I think out of all the three, I thought I'd be liking biology, because obviously that's my specialism, and then chemistry, then physics, but I've definitely gone. I don't think chemistry is my favourite. I think I like my physics, I like my biology, so I've got more year 10s, which are current year 9s, and I've got them for biology and physics. Yeah, I know. I think um, talking about physics, I always think that in some ways, even though um, people tend to think of biology being the most, uh, I suppose, most relatable science mm-hmm. out of all of them to a certain extent, um, I always found when I, when I taught physics, physics is quite a nice one in terms of how you can relate it to everyday life when you talk about, especially forces, for example, there's loads of great examples you can use. Um, where, you, although, you know, when you look back at things like chemistry, sometimes that can be a bit abstract sometimes for students. So, although it's something that I enjoyed uh, myself. Um, sometimes it's difficult to, to relate relate as easily sometimes as some of those more um, kind of abstract chemistry uh, sections. Whereas I think physics is sometimes you can find uh, examples uh, out there that are, are in a sense bigger when you're talking about forces that you can actually you know, view and, and obviously there's lots of good content online. I mean, in terms of your teaching, I know that... Um, uh, obviously teachers obviously looking for new resources all the time looking for different content is there any kind of um youtubers that you are your go go to um places to kind of find good clips about various things and that could be in biology physics or chemistry any kind of things you could recommend to other um, teachers who are just starting out that are good for those kind of short sharp clips but uh, you know illustrate um, processes or ideas really well and what who have you been using this year I tend to use a mix. There's no one I really get drawn to every time because I don't want them to hear like the same voice. I don't want it to be like, oh, we'll stop listening to Miss and listen to the same person. Yeah. Um, I just tend to have a bit of a search around and I'll watch a few before I choose one. Um, I tend to like to use bits of different things as well. So I do, if you watch a YouTube video, sometimes they can be quite long. So I think getting them quite short is quite important as well, especially if you want them to answer like one or two questions on that clip, on that video. I think making it too long, they start to get distracted and like I'm not watching that but I, I tend to use a mix to be honest I don't really have one or two that I particularly so a bit, use. Of a, bit of a mix of all of them so in terms of the length I'm interested because I know that um 
in my time in, time in teaching, obviously, students' attention spans appeared to be getting smaller as, as, as the years went on. But um, what is a quite a good length for um, like a teaching and video? Because I know science tends they tend to be smaller anyway because you're looking at more discrete concepts generally rather than big, long videos that you might have in other subjects perhaps. But um, uh, what is a kind of a nice length, do you think, for students? It's not too... Not too short, so they don't get much out of it. Or, you know, what would be your limit when you're looking at those kind of resources in terms of, oh, it's this length. Mm, that's probably going to be a bit too much. What, what Do you have any kind of um, uh, rules of thumb that you could pass on? I, I go to about two to four minutes. So about the length of a song, because they'll listen to a song all the way through, is what I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> but um, I think less than two minutes is either rushed so that person's talking really fast. And then over four minutes, they're starting to go, I'm bored with this person now. Yeah, okay, so that's good. So it's better to almost to, to, to show a short video twice, perhaps, rather than a kind of a, a double-length video, um, uh, and, and they kind of lose track a little bit. And in terms of uh, routines, obviously, you're, you must be feeling like a bit of an experienced teacher these days as, as you're coming towards another half-term. Um, are there any, uh, any things uh, you're reflecting on again? And I may have asked this before in terms of r routines that you think are kind of, um, you might change or tweak as you're looking towards September. Um, or, or alternatively, are things you're definitely going to keep um, when you're thinking you're going to start off those fresh classes? Or some of them will be fresh. Obviously, some of them you will know, of course. Um, uh, so, what, 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 what things might you be thinking about with routines in your classroom uh, when you move on to September? I think my entry into the room is quite good. So, I'm always making sure I'm on the door. I'm always handing them something to physically do. So, they've always got something as soon as they come in, whether they've got their book or anything else. They've got something in front of them. And I've done that from like the start. So I think I'm going to carry on doing that. I've been trying to work on the end of my lessons. So like making sure everything's like tied off and like I'm not rushing then to get to the door for my next lesson. So I'm trialing at the moment a retrieval activity on the board where they put all their books into one pile for their like, so they're in little pods. They put all their books into one pile. I whiz around and I collect the books in and then the retrieval tasks on the board and they discuss that with like the persons that next to them or their table which is working quite well because that gets everything put away. And then in the last like 30 seconds, they all stand behind the chairs. I can get my next PowerPoint up and then I can be on the door again. So I think I'm going to, I'm trying to perfect that. And then I'll hopefully carry that forward to next year. Okay. So a bit of a retrieval at the end. So I think that is one of the big challenges of teaching is trans transition and in, in any kind of practical subject, whether it be, um, whether you're, you know, teaching catering, for example, or you're teaching, you know, the science is, is, is quite a quite a similar type of um, activities in terms of moving from theory to practical and back to theory. Sometimes um, is quite difficult, and, and managing those transitions, especially say when you've got another class, it's not break time, it's not lunchtime. Um, you've got to kind of think about those things really carefully. So, in terms of your, your you talked about retrieval practice there, but um, do you kind of use because retrieval practice is very common at the moment so obviously a lot, of, a lot of research evidence behind it um do you do you do that in a particular way as they enter the classroom or um do you only have it at the the end of end of your um your lesson how do you how you how do you construct the beginning bit of your lesson if you if you do use retrieval practice at the beginning yeah we use something called the five a day so we give them like five questions it can either be five questions on that topic five questions on the lesson before or five questions spread across previous topics and they know that they've got to answer those five questions when they come in which is working quite well. But we do that across science. Okay, so, so it's something that they get used to. And then as obviously if all teachers are doing it, mm -hmm. um, it's something they're expecting. And they say as the more they do it, the, the more more, e more easy it becomes for the, the students to do. So sounds like your science department got it all all nailed down and um, everything's well organised. That's good to hear. So there's only, uh, I say, one week left till uh, 
ish um, May half term and then about six or seven weeks afterwards. So what I hope to do is try and catch you before you fly or drive or run off to your summer holidays uh, in July. Um, but until then, best of luck with the rest of the week. And um, I hope you have a nice break at half term and enjoy all the uh, all the Jubilee celebrations if you're into that as well. So um, thanks for joining me this afternoon, Vicky. Thank you. So there you go, Vicky's almost made it to the end of the school year, not long to go now. Let's hope she makes it through to those gorgeous summer holidays without a hitch. I'll catch up with her at the end of the year to see how it's all gone. So until then, I'll see you on the next one.